Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 5, produced 18 July 2015. If you're like me and share a passion for all things Scottish, sooner or later you'll find yourself in the market for made-in-Scotland goods. Now these may be gifts for friends and family, treats for yourself, or even souvenirs to rekindle memories of that homecoming journey to Scotland. Nothing beats buying local from a shop right in Scotland, meeting the merchants, sharing your stories, and making that satisfying purchase of a very special item. But not everyone can visit Scotland whenever the buying mood sets in. So online shopping becomes the next best thing. And there are plenty of online sources offering Scottish, Irish, and Celtic goods. But can you be sure you're getting genuine Scottish goods? In a moment, I'll introduce you to the newest online source where you can shop Scotland confidently. Scotland, 2015 is the year of food and drink, a celebration of the country's outstanding natural larder and produce. From artisan cheeses and world-renowned whiskies to succulent seasonal berries and our broth smokies, there's an abundance of delicious regional flavours round every corner. Discover the landscapes, people and culture that make our food heritage so unique and enjoy a feast of events and festivals throughout the year. Come and experience a true taste of Scotland. Nothing can take the thrill out of giving or receiving a gift from a land afar, only to find that it was made in a land even further afar. A scarf, a tea towel, a Nessie doll, allegedly from Scotland, turns out to have been made in China, Taiwan, Pakistan, or goodness knows where else. Shopping online when you can't visit and shop in-country is a wonderful alternative, sometimes. Like all else, it is a buyer-beware marketplace. And when it comes to Scottish, Irish, and Celtic wares, with the impressively large Scott diaspora market worldwide, it is a very competitive business. Cheaply sourced products mean higher profit margins. And after all, does it really matter that the tartan scarf you just purchased wasn't actually woven in Scotland? Or the jumper you're giving Uncle Joe wasn't truly knitted in Ireland? It's the thought that counts, right? Not if you're Jesse Lynn McDonald and Tommy Goldie, owners of the newest online gift shop, The Celtic Market. My guest today, under the tartan sky, is Jesse Lynn McDonald, who began our chat by telling me about the inspiration for this new business venture. It's an online store that um, sells stuff that's been made specifically in Ireland and Scotland. And it's kind of, it's inspired by the work that goes into like something like Harris Tweed. The product is, like, the, the material is, there's a history to the material. It's not just, when you buy a bag, you're not just buying a bag, you're buying a, like, you're buying a piece of history. And so we sell various things that are made by primarily smaller artisans that we found in different areas of Scotland and Ireland. And so we sell a lot of Harris Tweed products. We sell wool products, cashmere, um, leather bags, and stuff like that. 
And we should say at the very beginning, this, of course, is a Scottish podcast. We, we say it's about all things Scottish, from bagpipes to um, whiskey. Um, but the Celtic market actually is uh, is Celtic. And so you deal in both Scottish and Irish uh, gifts. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. The one thing that we have from Ireland at this point is um, the knitwear, because it's fabulous. It's There's so many talented people over there, but that's the one of our products that's coming from Ireland at this point. And we're talking to a couple of people about uh, jewelry. And, and you are a store in the sense that you're not a manufacturer of products. You are stocking and selling products that you found that are made by artisans in Scotland and Ireland. Correct, correct. That's one of our, so it's an online store. We will be going to several of the Highland Games in Canada this year, and then we're hoping to branch out and be going to some in America next year. And I want to know the backstory about the Celtic market, because your operation, you're in Ottawa, Canada, but you have a partner who's in one of my favorite places in Haddington, which is just outside of Edinburgh in Scotland. And I say it's one of my favorite places because I was just there in January. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Pipers, and, and it's where I finally got to see them in concert live for the first time was in Haddington. So um, I have a special place in my heart for Haddington, and I guess now I can connect it to the Celtic market too. Um, but tell me about this partnership you have with uh, Tommy, who is a childhood friend, and, and how did this all come about? Tommy and I, I was born in Livingston, and Tommy and I grew up on the same street. And my family moved to Canada when I was about seven. And so we lost touch then, and then probably about 10 years ago, um, through the magic of the Internet, we reconnected. And, you know, we had remained good friends after that. And one day we were speaking just kind of about products, and I had been to several of the Highland Games, and I had been mulling this idea over in my head and so we spoke about it, and we decided that um, this is something that we wanted to to pursue together. And it's kind of cool because as children, we're three weeks apart, and now my son and his daughter are three weeks apart. And so it's kind of good that we've kind of moved on to the next generation of, of friendship with our kids. But... Um, it's been really good, and Tommy's actually, he's got Irish background, and that's kind of where the Irish part came into our company. And and this is not germane to the subject, but is there a long-distance romance between son and daughter going on by any chance? <laughs> They're five. <laughs> Although they, they did declare recently that, uh, that uh, Tommy's daughter told my son that uh, she was his girlfriend. <laughs> and... Uh, so I think it's budding at a at an early stage. Oh, how cute. Well, <laughs> at least there's a second generation for the Celtic market. We can look forward to that then, huh? Absolutely, and both the kids are very excited about it, too. They think that this is, you know, I think both of us speak to them quite often about it. So, yeah, they're very excited. So you're a Scottish expat. How did you come to leave Scotland if you were born there and end up in Canada? Um. My uncle was living in Canada, and my parents came over on holiday and in the summer, I might add, because I don't think they would have had the same move if they, if they had come in the winter. <laughs> well, wait, they have snow and cold in, in Scotland, too. Yeah, but not like here. Um, so they came on holidays, and then my dad was offered a job, and so the company sponsored our family to move over here. And so we moved, and, and, you know, my hat's off to my parents because that was a big move with four kids. And how long ago was this? What time frame are we talking about? Um, not to give away my age, but oh. many years ago. Oops, um, okay. I, I would say probably 
uh, maybe 38 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's been quite a long time. I had a really hard time settling in Canada, so I used to be back in Scotland quite often. And so, you know, most of my close friends are still there, and I have family on the Isle of Lewis. And, um, you know, my son's been back three times, and it's just something where that's just where my heart is which is another reason that I wanted to start the company is I wanted to kind of have something that had my feet on the ground over there. Well, I, I can relate to that, even though I'm not <laughs> from Scotland. Um, but my heart is certainly there, and that's kind of why this podcast exists, is it's a way for me to to keep that passion that I have for Scotland alive and, and hopefully share it and, in, a, in a way that you know people will enjoy and, and, and maybe... Um, through the course of the individual episodes, even uh, provide some information that, that people who share my the same passion you and I both have to help them learn a little bit more about Scotland and maybe areas of Scotland they're not familiar with. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea that you're doing this, and I, I've listened to the previous episodes, and I really enjoyed them. So well, I think it's great, and I wish you all the best with it. Well, thank you. I, I wasn't looking for a testimonial, but I appreciate it, and the check <laughs> will be in the mail shortly. <laughs> Tell me about now. You have to know that this is not um, one. It's a very niche market, and but at the same time, um, there are competitors out there. There are already established online shops that sell uh, Scottish and Irish gifts. So, what is going to in in your mind, and how are you or Tommy working to separate the Celtic market from the competition? What's going to make you different? I think one of the key things that we have as one of our business um, requirements is the products have to be made in Scotland or Ireland. Um, There is absolutely a lot of competition out there, um, but we've done quite a bit of research into what's there and our products. And our products are also slightly different. Um, I've, you know, we've made sure to kind of choose suppliers that have things that that are a bit different. And because my family's from the Isle of Lewis, where Harris Tweed is made, that's given me the opportunity to meet with a lot of suppliers there. Um, so that's, our, like I said, our stuff has to be made in Scotland or Ireland, and that's not to kind of downplay anything else, but it's just for us this is a really important thing because we want to promote the culture, we want to promote the, like the history, and we want to promote people's businesses over there and smaller artisans. We do have one supplier who we have another kind of business um, wish that going forward that we can give back. And so we've chosen one supplier that designs her stuff in Scotland but then goes into very poor communities in Peru and builds up communities. She teaches them the work and she pays them really well. So we've chosen to support her in that endeavor as well. So she's the one exception that we have. And I found in my own visits and in, in making friends over in Scotland as well, I can't speak to Ireland so much, but certainly to Scotland, there's a huge number of small um, artisan uh, entrepreneurial type businesses. I discussed this with um, Fiona Richmond in, in our premiere episode about Scotland's Year of Food and Drink, because um, I know two or three friends, and I'll be interviewing one uh, in a few days, who runs a small, uh, she runs a small uh, custom candy uh, confectionery uh, manufacturing business, and I have friends in uh, that I've even recommended to you. I think that mm-hmm. um, have a, a small shop in uh, the Ayrshire region in West Kilbride, which is a very, for lack of a, a better term, off the top of my head, an artsy, craftsy kind of town mm-hmm. where there are a lot yeah. of artisans that are are making wares there. But there are a lot of those types of small artisan businesses 
in Scotland. And I expect that a, a shop like yours really does help them to, uh, to branch out and reach a much larger audience. Well, and that's one of the things that kind of I love about, like, you see some of the people and their work, they're very passionate about it. And that's yes. one of the things that, you know, like that one of the ladies that makes Harris Tweed, I had the privilege of kind of going around different, you know, to, to the Harris Tweed mill with her. And she just, she's so passionate about what she does. And they are, they're very particular about, you know, the, the workmanship and the quality. And I also like, like one of our, um, our ladies who knit scarves and, and uh, shawls and stuff, she chooses, like, there's a, there's a history to her product. So the colors are based on, it could be a coastline, like a, a trip along the coastline. So we really like that part as well. And we look for people who try to integrate the history or the culture into their products. You know, that brings to mind, I have a, a friend in, uh, on the Isle of Skye, who is an artist and her paintings and uh, some of the, she does some wire sculpture type things. And, and it's all based off of her experience on sky. A lot of her, yeah. her paintings are landscapes and sheep and, and everyday scenes that you see on, on the Isle of Skye. And yet, and then given her, her own individual style and, and uh, a treatment as, of course. Um, but again, there is that history and she can tell you the history of that painting and how, what it was on the Isle of Skye that she saw that inspired her to do that. And, and I think that makes uh, an item like that, whether purchased for yourself or as a gift to give to a friend, I think that makes it uh, really so much more unique. It really does. And that's one of the things where, I mean, I have a few products right now. I'm going to have a really hard time selling because I want them, <laughs> you know, um, like the work, like there's one that we have as a Harris Tweed bed cover, but the lady's done such intricate um, Celtic knots on like on the edges. It's absolutely stunning. And I bring this stuff home and I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, and this is just, I just, I love, I love the passion and I love the fact that a lot of these artisans, they kind of, they grasp the history and they're so proud of it. And they take it and they do something with it. Again, I have another artist over there who does textile art that you and I have discussed. And, and, uh, and she goes out and, and photographs landscapes and, and rocks and, and formations and that sort of thing. And then uses Harris Tweed and other fabrics to interpret that into uh, creative art. Um, yeah. and, and I've found that there seems to be, um, I don't know what it is about the Scottish culture, but there seems to be a nurturing. It goes back to that point we made earlier about the, the large number of entrepreneurial businesses found in Scotland and the artisan businesses. But there seems to be something about the Scottish culture that really nourishes that creative, um, that expression of your, of your own individual creativity. Yeah, I think there's a massive pride. And it's one of the things that I just love and you know, like you see everybody, like now the new thing I think with younger kids is wearing kilts to proms, you know, whereas they're yes, bringing yes. back. And it's lovely. I think it's wonderful to see, but I just find that um, they embrace it. They embrace it, embrace it in every aspect of what they do. And I just, I'm, I can't say enough. I mean, I'm, I'm, Scotland's in my heart through and through. Well, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um, during the and without getting into politics and, and the, the yes or no of, of the referendum. But what impressed me watching that as an observer from afar 
was the surge of, of nationalism, or what I just call plain old outright patriotism, um, yeah. in Scotland, the displays that you saw on both sides of the issue. I'm not going to get into the, the, the yeas or the nays of the issue, but just the expression of the passion that people had. And one of the great things that I think came out of all of that turmoil, if you want to look at it in that sense, was the tremendous involvement of youth in the future of their country to the point now that either they, the 16 and 16 year olds and up have been given the power to vote or very soon may be, I, yeah. I haven't kept up with exactly the developments on that, but I know it's being talked about. And, and, and I watched the other day in amazement, the uh, maiden speech by um, uh, Viry Black, the, uh, uh, the 20 year old newest uh, SNP MP. Yeah. Um, and her speech was just brilliant. And I thought this is, a, I could never have done something like that when I was 20 years old. Um, and, and this young lady is standing up in Parliament and making an incredibly passionate speech. Um, and I think you're right. I, I haven't yet identified it, but I think that's one of the things that draws me to Scotland is that there is such a passion from a very, very early age, uh, from childhood, really, um, yeah. about the country and about all things Scottish and about their heritage. And they, they do embrace it. And I think that's wonderful. I do as well. There's so much history there. It's the history, the people, I mean, I can't say enough about Scottish people. They're lovely. They're just, they're so kind. They're so giving. They're, you know, I just, I just love them. <laughs> well, I do too. So we, we have a, a love there that we share. <laughs> um, uh, the majority of the mail order businesses I've found that are Celtic are heavily, heavily leaned toward Irish goods with okay. very little availability of Scottish goods. And what I've seen in your online presentation so far, and perhaps it's because you and Tommy were both born in Scotland, is a great, a much deeper centralization on Scottish items. And I'm sure, as you said, uh, Tommy has some Irish influence and Irish will be coming on board. Is that perhaps a void that you will fill in the sense that the Celtic market might become, and I'm not trying to ward off people from who are Irish, but might there be more of a concentration on Scottish goods in the Celtic market? I think so. I think at this moment in time from basically from us kind of scouting out suppliers that we've found more artisans in Scotland. Um, some of the ones that we've come across in Ireland are quite a bit bigger or they outsource some of their, you know, their products that are being made and that for us is not okay so we've been happy to find like i say the the person that makes our our knitwear is the, the stuff is made in ireland um we certainly welcome you know if there's suppliers out there small artisans that are you know looking to promote their product then they can get in contact with us by all means but i do think we like a majority of our suppliers are scottish I, I know there's we've talked about the importance of it being made in Scotland, and I salute you for that, because there was nothing more distressing than to be at Loch Ness and go into one of the um, the tourist operations there. And, and you know, so many of the little stuffed Nessies and the toys you can bring home and the souvenirs, yeah. you know, you flip them over and it's made in China. You know? yeah. and, and I go yeah. all the way to Scotland to, to see Loch Ness, and I'm going to come home with a Nessie that's made in China. I mean, there's yeah. just something wrong about that. Yeah. We actually, I just, that's it. I picked up a Harris Tweed Nessie for my son recently that uh, the lady that I was saying is so passionate about Harris Tweed, she just made and she just loves them. And that's the thing is, it's, Harris Tweed is a material that's, it's expensive. Um, it's very durable, but it's something where it's long lasting, but again, it's part of the history. So yeah, you're often going to pay more money 
um, for products. And we were approached by several suppliers when we started to, you know, who said we can get you these items for a cheaper price, you know, but it just, that's just kind of not what we were about. And that's not why we started the company. How, how do you go about selecting, is there a criteria other than that it has to be made in Scotland and, and or Ireland? Is there a quality criteria? Is there an inspection that you go through? How do you decide whose product you're going to carry and whose you're not? Um, we've, I, we're just kind of learning that as we go right now, but we've definitely handpicked people who we've seen, we've seen the work, we've seen the quality of their work. And again, you know, you can go into a shop and you can see like some of our Harris Tweed flasks. Um, the lady that makes them to me, she's, she takes such pride in it and she inspects every piece that comes out of her shop and hand finishes a majority of her product and that's what I found with most of our suppliers they either for some of the smaller Harris Tweed stuff they make them by hand or they hand finish them and they're all inspected and that was another important thing for us and if they're a smaller artisan you know kind of things that they're not being made in an area where um, there's animals or there's smoking in the you know in the workshops or whatever so it, it is something where we've we've ordered a few things and kind of decided against specific suppliers or the fact if there's somebody that's un- unhappy with a product um, that they don't return it or take it back, and we've had a couple of issues with that. Again, we're just learning. Is it fair then to say, would it be fair to characterize the Celtic market as uh, the, the great majority of your material then is going to be handcrafted or hand-finished? It's going to have yes. a very individual custom work level to it and it's not mass produced stamped out in a factory kind of stuff yeah absolutely absolutely um many of our suppliers in fact um just after we launched we um we had a display table at the kingston highland games and i was kind of in a panic because um my dad was saying we didn't have enough smaller products and so i contacted one of our suppliers and i said you know do you think you can get me and you know a number of your smaller items, and she 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 said she couldn't do it because she would have had to kind of rush the order, and therefore the quality she didn't feel would be as good. Um, and it was all kind of the hand finishing part. She could have easily done that, you know, said sure and and whipped it out, and kind of you know the quality wouldn't have been as good. And that's one of the things we've chosen our suppliers because of their approach to their business. I was going to say, that has to be the kind of a person you really want to do business with, though. You want them to have Absolutely. that care and concern on their end rather yeah. than just slap something together to let you put, be, be able to put product out there. Yeah, and that's, I think we found that with a lot of the suppliers that we have is their pride in their product is huge. And like I say, kind of the history of why they're doing it or they're incorporating something into the design or it's been, you know, the, the, the motivation for the product has come from a specific idea or a specific landscape or something with the history. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the suppliers that we have. Is there a significance beyond the business uh, partnership between you and Tommy? Um, is there a benefit or a significance to the business in having uh, you in Canada and Tommy in Scotland? Operationally, it's great. I can call him and say, you know, can you check out this specific supplier or, you know, with the time difference, if there are certain phone calls that need to be made that he can make from over there. And we, we next year, we're kind of going to be promoting a bit more. We've got some ideas to expand our market over there. And in fact, when we launched the online store, 
our first order, which came within 20 minutes, came from Scotland, which kind of surprised us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were happy with it, but we were kind of catering towards the North American market and Europe, and um, we've gotten some really fantastic responses from some people in Scotland who... I mean, a lot of our artisans are in smaller, remote areas, so there's some people that hadn't seen the product before, so they were quite happy with them as well. If a person is in that kind of business, if, if by chance there's someone who listens to this podcast and says, oh, well, I make you know, product XYZ, um, how do they get in touch? Are, are you open to people just calling you out of the blue and say, hey, I make such and such, and I'm in Scotland or I'm in Ireland, and I'd like to talk to you about a business deal? Absolutely. We've been approached on Twitter via Instagram. In fact, Instagram has been amazing for us for the way that people have gotten in touch with us. They can email us um, at our website. We have the Celtic Market at gmail.com. And we're absolutely open to talking to people and, and promoting and seeing, you know, kind of what they have and if that's something where it would be a good fit with what we're doing. That goes hand in hand with a statement that I've seen on your website that I'm curious about, and I want to give you the chance to uh, tell us about it. On your website, um, there is the statement uh, that says something to the effect that uh, Celtic Market is not just a store, it's a community, um, and you invite interaction from your customers. Tell me a little more about that and that philosophy that it represents. One of the things I've noticed about going to Highland Games here is as soon as you run into somebody who has some background or something, the passion is there and there's, I've created a community of friends from that and I think it's lovely and it's one of the things I kind of, I miss about Scotland and we want to promote, of course we want to promote our products, but we want to promote the the, the community over there as well and, and, and bring it here and so in that way, like I love like we just kind of have a mutual friend now with Susie um, yes. I love talking to her and I love her passion and I love your passion and that's the thing where we're not in Scotland at the moment but we can bring that community here and that's where if we can engage with people and you know kind of make like, grow that that aspect of the, the community then that's what we're about as well so it's not just about the product we love everything to do with Scotland and Ireland so you know the, the celebrations, everything about it, if we can get more people who are kind of involved with that, then that's something that's important to us. And I think that's one of the things that I found to be so true about Scotland. I was I posted on my Facebook page this morning, my personal page, um, I just got a shipment uh, from a friend in Scotland um, who is actually the mother of one of the artisans that I was telling you about and uh, that we were talking about. Um, and she had made a homemade tablet just oh. not too long ago uh, and posted it on her Facebook page. Oh, I love tablet. Well, the next thing you know, a package shows up in my mailbox here in the States. And so I, I was, I'm going to be enjoying uh, some homemade Scottish tablet over the next few days. Um, nice. And it's those kinds of friends that I've made over there and those who support you know, my ultimate dream is to immigrate and make Scotland my home. And, and I have so many friends over there who are, are who have bought into that dream, and many of them who knew me only, we've met personally in, in my two visits there, but prior to that, they knew me only online, and yet they were immediately embracing of, of my dream to, to become a part of their land, their homeland, their community. Uh, and you don't find that everywhere, so that's one of those things that, that really um, has embraced, uh, has really, um, I think, 
flamed the passion that I have for Scotland, knowing that I could move there and immediately be welcomed and have friends there. And that's important, especially if you're moving to a faraway land that you know, you've never been to before. Fortunately, I've been there twice now, but, um, but it's a unique thing about the Scottish culture, I think, and the Irish too. I have some very dear friends in Ireland who would be just as happy to see me move to, um, uh, to Ireland, um, if that were my choice. Um, but I look at it that Ireland's just a short ferry boat ride away, you know, so if I can get to Scotland, then I can visit Ireland pretty easily. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that's so nice. Actually, that's being there, you can kind of get to anywhere, but I think that people do embrace things. When I, um, got in touch with the Harris Tweed Authority and I spoke to them about what we were doing, they were so supportive. They sent me materials, they sent me posters, and they just kind of embraced the fact that we really wanted to promote this you know in a bigger way and everybody like i said that we've talked to and whether it be artisans or whether it be businesses or or just people over there they've been fantastic and it just makes me love them even more now another thing i saw on your website that i'm curious about and that is there's mention of a service that you provide for people who are visiting either um scotland or ireland um and and it has to deal with deal with uh, purchasing souvenirs and then having them waiting for you when you return home? How how does that work? I'm a little con- curious about that. Well, now I, I, I find with airlines changing all their baggage regulations and, you know, the, the, the weight restrictions. So what we're doing is saying to people, you know, if they find Harris Tweed bags and stuff like that that they like, I mean, they can buy it on our, our shop um, and if people are looking for something and it's not online, then we can certainly endeavor to, to you know, to try and find that for them. Um, and we'll ship it to them. And that's just kind of one of the things. So instead of worrying about weight restrictions, buying an extra suitcase or paying an astronomical amount of money, um, I was speaking to somebody who wants a custom order of bags, and she, she said that... Um, she was going to be charged, I think it was 50 pounds for an extra case um, through the airline. And that was one of the bigger airlines. I think with the smaller ones, the weight restrictions are quite a bit more stringent. So that's just where we'd like to promote that if this is another aspect of we can get our, the word out there and we can sell the products and that's the way that we're, go- we're going to do it. I think that is a tremendous idea. Um, yeah, and the fact that you'll help people source something if, it, if it's something they can't find easily. Well, we've done, and I mean, when we kind of, like I said, when we launched in, at the last Highland Games, um, a lady saw some of our bags that she really liked, and she's getting married, and she wanted it in her husband's family tartan, and she's going to do bags for her mother, I won't say who she is, um, her mother, her mother-in-law, and her bridesmaids, and to surprise her husband with it. And we just thought, you know what, this is fantastic. We found the tartan. We found somebody who would do it. They did a fabulous job. And um, so it's just something where, again, we're a community. If we can, you know, we, if we can find something for you. We had somebody else looking for um, Lewis chess sets, and they're quite popular worldwide, so we found somebody who could do that. So, like I said, if we can... We have kind of more direct access, and if it's something where we can help, we will. Well, you and I probably have to talk about some kind of uh, uh, something under the some special under the tartan sky uh, <laughs> product that we can come together with, maybe an artisan in Scotland uh, to produce for us and and have on the yeah. website. Outlander is a huge television success. 
Um, the books were always a success, but but the TV series ha- is bringing even more millions to the books. I'd never heard of the books until the TV series, and so now I'm trying to read the book fast enough to stay ahead of the television production. Um, <laughs> but has um, has Outlander, you think, had an impact on the the overall marketability of Celtic, Scottish, and Irish items? Is there a bigger demand for that now, do you think, in part because of Outlander? Oh, absolutely. We've been contacted by a, a, a mass of people who are fans of the show and they've seen some of our products coming out. Or, again, they want custom order of kind of family tartan things because I think that this is one of the things where I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised but happily about how the following for that's incredible. And now they even do tours of Outlander tours in Scotland so we've had a really good um, push from that and a really good feedback. We post a lot of our stuff on Instagram, and we've been contacted via via that from people who are, who are looking for products. And So, yeah, I think it's got a massive, massive... It's given, again, Scotland another great push. So before we wrap up, then, give us another um, summary of uh, your product line at present, uh, as well as those things that you hope to be expanding to uh, in the future. Right now, we have a lot of Harris Tweed bags. We have leather bags. We have Harris Tweed scarves, um, all like Harris Tweed products, iPad covers, glasses, cases, credit card covers, wallets. We also have cashmere and wool cardigans, jumpers, Harris Tweed and Scottish Tweed shawls. We've got World Peace Tartan products. I love um, that tartan. I'm a, I'm a big fan it's, of the world. I've got a World Peace tartan scarf and just love it yeah it's incredible and we've got a lot of like baby products and we will be in the future we're kind of just getting around to posting a lot of it and carrying some specific you said tablet we've been on a hunt for a the best tablet in scotland and um i have right now in my cupboard that i'll be taking my mom's my official taste tester and four or five different uh companies of tablet. Oh, well, now, if you need another volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you I'm might just, be spending some I, your I, way. I'm just saying, I'm available. <laughs> so we've got, and we're, we're, we're going to be doing jewelry very soon, and um, just trying to think what else we have. Uh, a lot of, some of the food, but kind of a little bit different, not just kind of, of course, all my favorite products that I usually come home with, but um, again, very kind of specific to smaller artisans who make chocolate or um, some of the the Highland teas and stuff, soaps, lotions. So we have quite a bit of stuff coming out. A lot of, we're really kind of branching out to do custom orders for weddings. And we've got different things like we Celtic knot um, soaps or um, we've got we minty kisses and, you know, things like that. The Harris Tweed flasks. I'm so excited we didn't uh, them. Well, <laughs> see, you, you didn't get around to it, and I was about to because one of the things that, that I look for um, to express my love, my passion for Scotland, are items with the saltire on it. And I know yeah. I found you have a, a beautiful scarf uh, already on your website, and and the flask that you were about to talk about. Um, yeah. The scarf, I'm excited. I actually, I got the lady to do it, and it turned out phenomenal. I think she's totally thrilled as well. Well, I'm going to be and getting one of those, I can assure you that. That's, it's gorgeous. And that's one of the things that I got that I was like, oh, I'm 
going to have a really hard time, you know, kind of parting with this. But the Harris Tweed flasks are, they're absolutely amazing. And we just got them in kind of girly colors as well. And, you know, there's been some debate going on. Oh, well, girls don't have flasks, but everybody I've spoken to said, oh, yes, they'd be happy oh, with them. Yeah, I think so. So they are. Those are, you know, fantastic things. We're actually doing, we've partnered with... Um, Susie to do. They're doing a fantastic calendar for pipe, to raise money for pipe bands. Yeah, the, her. And, um, we're talking about uh, Susie from uh, Whiskey and Tartan, who's doing uh, a fundraising calendar for the North American pipe bands. Uh, and you guys are going to be involved in that, and I'm supporting it through this podcast as well. Absolutely. We um, we can't, like I said to Susie, we can't sell the the calendar for profit because that would kind of go against our thing of our products being made in Scotland or Ireland, but. We are going to have it available for sale with the proceeds going back to the Pipers. And we are going to partner with them to do a giveaway for one of the flasks that you were admiring. Well, I might have to make sure I buy my calendar from you then. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can get my name in the hat. Because those, flask, uh, yeah, those flasks are, I, I are gorgeous. They are. They are. They're very nice. And they're, like, they're a limited edition, which is also a nice thing, too, because it's kind of unique. Absolutely. Well, um, before we leave, tell us how people find you, uh, both the store and get in touch on social media, since that's all the rage these days. It really is. Um, on social media, we're at the Celtic Market on Instagram, we're on Pinterest, we're on Twitter, and Gmail account, we have the Celtic Market at gmail.com, and then our website is theCelticMarket.com. My thanks to my guest, Jesse Lynn McDonald, for sharing the story behind the newest online marketplace for all things Scottish, the Celtic Market. You'll find a link to their website and social media contacts in the show notes for this episode on our website, underthetartansky.scot. One of the most unique products I've already found at the Celtic Market are their peat cones. Pour yourself a wee dram, toss a couple of these into your fireplace or outdoor fire pit, and soon you'll be whisked away to the highlands of Scotland or the moors of Ireland, all by the aroma of a traditional peat fire. I can't wait. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev Agus Alapa Cabra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. Learn more on our website at www.glenelmoyer.com. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, tartansky. And thank you for listening. <laughs>